and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and welcome to A Christmas Miracle. <laughs> welcome to Vox Popcast, the show that took us forever to get on the air today. Lots of technical difficulties, but I'm here once again with my co-hosts, Hannah and Monica. Hey guys, how's it going? Well, you know, we're tired. There was a pause that I probably edited out where neither of you said anything, and I'm just like, oh god, did it break again? <laughs> oh. oh man. Well, you know, it's currently in recording time, December 16th, and it'll be like four or five days till Christmas when this gets released. So I think our brains are gone forever. <laughs> and Monica, how are you? Because I feel like you, how long ago did you get off, off plane? About 24 hours ago. I can tell oh, you mm-hmm. that it is currently midnight in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is midnight in Europe time, so we mm-hmm. will see how articulate I am this episode. Yeah, you did some world traveling. Did you have fun? I had a great oh, time. I, I went to a lot of museums, uh, so I'm a happy clam. That's yeah, all pictures. Okay, so I'm just I'm exhausted. Probably. The thing about being mid December when you're you know teach college classes is it means there's lots of grading, and it's a particularly hard when you're teaching like freshman comp in like you know three different places. And so my, I have, I literally have three, maybe four functional brain cells left. And I'm going to try to do this in time to go see Spider-Man tonight. That's my plan. So, um, so that's where I'm at. Hannah, what are we doing this week? Well, you know, it's fine that we all like semi don't have brain cells because sometimes people say, and they are wrong because they're brilliant, but sometimes people say that cheesy Christmas movies put out by the likes of Netflix or Hallmark reduce your brain cells. So this is my like, very rough transition into the topic of of course like it's me and Mav and now Monica so Monica this is your first Christmas movie episode I okay we need to get out of the way that there is an inside joke among all of my family and friends that I am the incarnation of a Christmas elf which (laughs) I love to bake cookies I know how to bake so many kinds of cookies I love decorating I love everything about holidays but especially Christmas because I feel like it's the holiday with the most fanfare so I am so incredibly hyped for a Christmas movie episode awesome and so is this our third annual one Hannah it or is third? it is our third annual one we we skipped one year where we tried to be a little bit more academic and talk about seminalism it's a good episode but not quite the vibe we were going for I tried really hard to get Katya <laughs> and Wayne to join us this year I yeah. said you know the Green Knight is a Christmas movie they yeah, re-released and... it in theaters and Wayne was like no and I was like yeah, Hawkeye they're... Christmas movie Nothing. They're Grinches. I love them, but they're Grinches. So we had to get, so we brought a guest and I, and I actually found someone who was as excited as we are to be here. So I want to introduce Gwen Tarbox. Hey, Gwen. Hey, how's it going, y'all? <laughs> now, this is, I'm this laughing is because t- of like what I had to do to get here, like <laughs> just to, to make this recording happen. It was, it was a real journey, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All of our recording software just went out to lunch. First off, we couldn't hear Gwen and then we went and then we couldn't hear monica and then it's like like literally everything broke down and then finally it's like there was we went back to the first thing that then we normally record the show with and suddenly gwen and i could hear each other and i'm like i don't know what happened but everybody go back to the original software <laughs> so we're here it's now. like 46 minutes later yes but it's christmas miracle <laughs> okay so <laughs> for people who don't know I, I met gwen on my other show you were a guest on gosh golly wow and we became right? friends and here's where it was crazy because um not having to do with this episode just in and of your own volition about three weeks ago you just start posting the facebook
book. I'm watching all Christmas movies. And then damned if you didn't just start reviewing, like I don't know, 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah i mean but, but it's i mean and it, it sounds like i'm making fun fun of you but for people who've listened to the show before hannah and i do this every year so i was immediately like do you want to be on this year and you were like yes absolutely so you're a fan of movies where a working woman leaves the big city life to fall in love with a lumberjack that's the i assume that's you <laughs> You love this sort of thing well, as much as we okay. do. <laughs> like, like the, the bottom line is for me, that would not be my ideal destiny. But what I'm really right. in love with is anything that young people are in love with. Because when I, when I see like a, a huge number of my students watching or talking about something and I haven't been hooked into it, I then have to go and learn about it. So last year, which was after all pandemic Christmas, you know, so it was pretty, I was socially distancing. And I'm like, I need some hobbies, right? And so I started watching Christmas movies and I got completely hooked. And okay. I, propose, I proposed a class, which I'm not teaching. My TA is teaching. But so, yeah, I'm totally into it now. Wait, so, uh, wait, so you, you're, you're telling me you class? have students who are into this. And where do you teach for the okay, listeners? Okay, I teach at Western Michigan University. My teaching assistant is Heather Sanford. And she is teaching a course this semester on holiday movies. And it's part of our our sort of suite of classes that focus on student well-being. And this class is called Quest for Self. The title was made in like 1972. So we just always have to have some sort of interesting subtitle. And this semester, the students have watched a bunch of Christmas movies, have written scripts for their own, have done critiques, have done memes. They've had an amazing time. Amazing. And I wanted to do this class, but I suddenly became something of an administrator at my institution. I now direct the Office of Faculty Development. So I had to give the class to a student. So like it was her happy day because she is really a pro at Hallmark movies. So it's, they've had a great time this semester. So how do we enroll? Cause I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I've realized that I'm like no longer an undergrad, but I could be again. Mm -hmm. Hannah, would you like to be an undergrad again? Monica? Wait, yeah, I know, oh, yeah. guys, I'm from Battle Creek, which those of you who don't <laughs> oh. know, the town next to Western Michigan University. That is the closest yep. university for right. me growing up. So I'm like, where was this when I was, was <laughs> when I was a precocious high schooler taking college classes? And who told me that this is how I could further my education? Sign yeah, me up. You should have. You should have found me because I teach all sorts of fun stuff. But but this class apparently went really well, and I do want to teach it again sometime in the future because I'm walking around with a lot of data now. I've seen a lot of Christmas. <laughs> movie yeah and so okay so yeah. so that's where we're at. so we're so this is legit normally this episode is is hannah and i and and either my wife or hannah's sister whichever one we can force to do it <laughs> but, <laughs> but last year no joke we we had my boyfriend my sister and my brother-in-law yeah. all on <laughs> <laughs> but this year, everyone wants to be here for this episode. So, just wanna, so we're going to discuss a bunch of these Christmas films and what we love about them um, the same way as always. But like this is I, I'm so excited and delighted about this. So I'll let Gwen start because, you know, you're the guest. What was your favorite one this year? So far, I think single all the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
I agree. <laughs> or no, I, well, oh. actually, single all the way might actually be my second favorite, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's up there. It's one. I have one of two. All right. Um, but, okay, I have two too because I do have one other one, Matt. Okay. So okay, we'll see. We'll see. One. So has everyone seen Single All the Way? Of course I did. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. I I had a very hard day after work that day, and I was like, "Ball one, single all the way." <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> one that I messaged the group chat about being like, yeah. "But is it in the Netflix universe? Because I really want to watch the Jennifer Coolidge." I mean, it's not specifically not in the Netflix cinematic Christmas universe. Like nothing happens that contradicts anything from the cinematic. So, for listeners who've heard our previous Christmas episodes, there is a Netflix cinematic Christmas universe. Universe, which really focuses <laughs> around the movies Princess Switch and and a Christmas Prince. Christmas Prince, yeah. But but yeah. which and I don't like the Christmas Prince movies all that much. No. I love the Princess Switch movies. We, um, we, oh, we yeah. love them. So do I. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I don't know the single all the way. Con- it, it, well, it doesn't. It doesn't contradict anything from that universe. So it could be in in this. But it doesn't actually explicitly tie in either. There, there's no fake European country. Wink, wink, no. nudge, nudge. Okay. So who wants to give a brief synopsis of what this film is? And we, and we can talk about why we love it. Because it connects a little bit to one of the show, films we talked about last year. Actually, I think it, it connects to it connects to two. Billy, I only had seen I was the only one who'd watched the second one. Which one? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I told you my brain was dead. So like the, the second movie um, like it is a Hallmark movie. It was, I think it was like the Christmas house because you know, yes. they all blend together. And the reason why I'm making that connection is because what this, the first film Mav is talking about is The Happiest Season. Which, happiest season. Um, is, is, is Kristen Stewart and focuses right. on a lesbian couple. And The Christmas House house is a story about it's like it's not love actually it's like a, it's like a family so there are three like major couples and one of them um is like a gay married couple who want to adopt a child and so like those were like the two like movies last year that got a re- lot of press for like featuring gay couples and happiest season is not what we would call a happy film i think and the christmas is was like light and fluffy but like the you know gay couple there shared the spotlight with two other couples within the same family okay and single all the way is a little bit different because it it just straight up is like focused on a gay romance but it's not a story about like coming out no well i mean the happiest season about coming out but not not i mean it's also about love. It, Happiest Season's weird. I I, I, actually, I don't remember what, how I felt about Happiest Season when we did our show last year, but as I've thought about it, I've come to kind of like Happiest Season a lot. I think there was like, if I remember correctly, I don't want to speak for anybody else. I, I think the like reaction on the last show was just mixed because there were things that we liked about it Yeah, but as a group, but there were also like really upsetting things or things that yes. like were like hand-waved in a really like painful way. And I, you know, I, I saw a lot of people tweeting last year about how upsetting that movie was for them in particular. Well, I've had, I've had some distance from it. We've all had some distance from it. So I'm kind of mm. curious for Gwen and Monica, who weren't here last year. Gwen, first, how did you feel about Happiest Season? I think that it really depends on your subject position. Because for any queer person who has been treated cruelly by their family or has a partner who has, I think it would be a very hard movie to watch. It yep. was almost torturous. Yes. And I I also think that she picked the wrong person. <laughs> I really think that... <laughs> 
she did. And but but it did have some other really interesting qualities. And I also just think the production values on these Netflix films are so much higher. Yes. That there's a way in which my immediate response is just like this is an orgy of quality. And then I have to like step back and say, all right, hold on. There could still be things wrong with it. Whereas this year I felt unabashedly enthusiastic about single all the way. So I think that was the difference, but I still saw some value, like you were saying, in uh, Happiest Season. Happiest Season could really have just been Dan Levy being Dan Levy. For me. And, and the rest of the movie was, so, was yeah, incredibly painful and, and hurtful and not heartwarming at all. I kind of just wanted to watch Dan Levy like pet sit for other people like <laughs> over the Christmas holiday and that be the movie because that would have been a more enjoyable movie for me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair enough. You guys are both to an extent about where Hannah and I were last year where it's like, okay, I see some good stuff, but also some bad. And I have a theory now. So having watched a bunch more Christmas movies for this year, and I'm, and I'm going to take this back to, to single all the way in a second. I've come to the conclusion that there are two kinds of Christmas movie movies as far as the kinds that I might like. There are the Christmas movie, which is the sweet saccharine Hallmark movie of where you're just supposed to fall in love for, you know, I made the joke at the beginning, you know, can't you just leave your highly successful job in the big city and move in with the lumberjack? You know you want to. Like, that's one movie, right? And, and the other movie is everyone's awful when it really comes down to it. Everyone's a horrible person. But, you know, sometimes romance, like, happens between horrible, awful people. And also, it's Christmas, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I think Happiest Season is that former movie. Happiest Season, I mean... Like, you're more willing to forgive horrible right. people during the Christmas season? Is because, that what we're saying? Yeah. I do because, not think that is true. I mean, but, but maybe it's true well, for you in the movies, but... Well, I, oh, yeah, for, in the movies. In, I don't in, mean, the, in the yeah, movie. That's in the what movies. I mean. Yes, yes, in okay, the movies. Yeah. Because in Happiest Season, even Kristen Stewart, who is the kind of... In the film, I, I was like, well, she's done nothing wrong, and I feel bad for her because, you know, her girlfriend was just really shitty to her this entire movie, and I feel bad for Kristen Stewart. And then I realized, I don't actually like her. I only like her by default in that movie because she's treated like horribly like abusively by her girlfriend i'm like but she's not you know terribly great she's you know it's and she's fine and then i so so like the fact that she's abused is sort of it's it's almost a trope of the thing it's the you know it's it's the exact same as in the straight movie you've got the well you know he'd love christmas if he weren't just so into his job or or whatever right like that so like like that like that's what they're doing i think and 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 it was fine because the thing is the more i think about it and also because i watch a lot of you know as much as i love these christmas movies some of them really aren't very good well, go figure that's why we love the some of them yeah yeah but like i i think happiest season really is a good movie i mean it's got lots of really good production value it's got a cast you know Stuart and levy are great actors everybody else is good and Stuart and levy are great and i enjoy it i had fun watching it 
And then we go to single all the way and single all the way is the opposite. Everyone's awesome in this movie. <laughs> like even the guy who's, you know, the protagonist who's like, oh, I don't know if I'm really in love, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like the guy who's sort of creating the controversy in the movie, the conflict, you know, he's mean because he doesn't want his friendship to break up if my romance doesn't work. That's understandable. Like everyone's great and his family is wonderful. Nobody cares that anybody's gay, you know, nobody cares that anybody's black. And I'm, oh, by the way, I'm going to have some thoughts on interracial relationships in a little bit too. But like anything that might be conflict oriented in single all the way, it's just like, no, we just want everything to turn out. It's it's the kind of thing where I'm watching this and I'm, and I know the kinds of things that Hannah likes because we've been doing this show together for a long time. And I'm watching single all the way going, oh, Hannah's going to love this movie. This is the one that's going to be the, her favorite for the year. because <laughs> everyone's it's definitely delightful. not my favorite, but, but, okay. but, but, but I love, and you're going to, I'm going to say what part I love the most and you're going to be like, I knew it. So like part of like the, the conflict and I use conflict extremely loosely yeah. in this movie is the main character gets set up on a blind date with a fitness guru by his family and while bringing his best friend who he's secretly in love with kind of, but he doesn't know it because he keeps a secret from himself as well, home for mm -hmm. Christmas. And so there's this love triangle, but it's actually not a love triangle because the dude is like, I understand, like you have this relationship I can't compete with, go get it. And also like everybody's been complaining for years that people give up the small town to move back home. And like, yes, that's like semi what happens in this movie. But like third wheel of the love triangles, like I'm going to move to LA. It's my moment. <laughs> I get a happy ending and I'm going to make money. And I'm like, there it is. There it is for all of you. <laughs> yeah. All about it. It is. So the fact that like you kind of because your expectations with every other movie have been set up with like that third person in the love triangle is like supposed to be surprised and that makes the choice easy. And mm -hmm. that never happens. Yeah. And narratively, like, that's a really nice thing to see. Like, the, the idea that, yeah, he can be a perfectly perfect, nice, supportive, understanding, caring, funny person, and just not the right person for you, but supportive of the other relationship that you're trying to have. Like, that's that's Christmas magic that you don't get <laughs> in every other Christmas movie. Yeah. I, you know, I will say, I like, I like the Netflix films, I think, the most, like, because most of them... And not all of them, like California Christmas needs to calm down or like whatever it's called, you know, the winery one. And they like put out a sequel today as and I like binge watched it before we recorded and it was too much for me. Anyway, not the point. Like most of the movies, like people are just nice. Like the night before Christmas, it's just like an anachronistic like night just being nice and baking things with King Arthur flour with a pretty <laughs> girl for an hour and a half. Like that is what that movie is. <laughs> <There's no conflict. laughs> Yeah, Night Before Christmas. Also starring. Are we going <laughs> to yes. talk about how Vanessa Hudgens is just the queen of she Christmas the, now? Yes. She is the full point of the of the cinematic universe. Yes, she is perfect. She is Christmas incarnate. <laughs> we'll get to her. Who, we gotta, who, we'll who get... knew that Vanessa Hudgens would be such an important figure throughout <laughs> my young and now adult life? It's going to become the new Mariah Carey. She's just going to get thawed out at Christmas every year. Gwen, what did you love about Single All the Way? Okay, well, first of all, I used to live in California. And so the whole mise-en-scene when you start off is, is was really well done. And I, I have to say that any movie that's a Christmas movie that has a dog in it in any way, <laughs> I'm already really predisposed to like. And then if it has teenage girls who are portrayed in a way that is respectful, or at least basically respectful, 
respectful, I'm going to like it as well. So just the on the periphery of this film, I absolutely adore it. But then there's the character actors who mm-hmm. do an amazing job in this film. Really, every single person who, who enters this movie is given a moment to shine. And so aside from the plot and everything you've said, I totally agree with. But I just really felt that it was it was enjoyable to watch throughout. I did not get mm-hmm. bored at all. I wasn't looking at the clock. I didn't even take notes. I just watched it. And that's rare because typically with these, <laughs> I'm taking notes. I'm already making fun of them in my head, you know, things like that. That didn't happen with this one. It's, you know, there's, I mean, there's very little conflict, but they're so nice. I mean, I found myself rooting for him. You don't and... need conflict 100% of the time. <laughs> I just want to emphasize that. Yeah. Well, and this one's proof of that, I think, is what makes it really interesting. This is, Everyone was just sweet. I agree with the daughters or the nieces, I guess they technically are. I thought they were great for, you know, I mean, they probably got between the two of them. They've got 10 lines in the entire film. I, I, I'm odd. I, I forgot that there was a dog, but I guess there is a dog. You never really. Emmett. Emmett the dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's Emmett's more of a plot point than a character. <laughs> just <laughs> Leave no, he spends most of the movie at the dog hotel. Yep. Yes. He's in a pool most of the movie. I love I, that. Dogs <laughs> in pools, you know? I really want to know how they moved Emmett from California to the East Coast without upsetting his delicate sensibilities. And I'm not making him <laughs> with the dog. That's like why they leave him at the pet hotel. Right. Right. You know, you know what, though, for me, maybe the best part, because I also I live in L.A. right now. So everything about this movie was like and and also if if we all remember, I was in a gay kickball league. So I feel semi qualified <laughs> to say that this is an accurate representation of West Hollywood gays. And, and the idea that they would move out of L.A. and his dream would be to, like, open a plant store, because usually I feel like they sort of find their inspiration. <laughs> like as as to be like the thing that they're gonna leave the big city for like halfway through the movie and it kind of pops out of nowhere yeah the idea that like this is a this is a plant gay who wants a plant store like that's a thing that's totally a thing it was the most believable part of the entire movie was that this man would open a plant store see like it's my biggest criticism too because well here not for the reason you think the reason my my problem with it is you know i've I've been married a while. I've, you know, I've known my wife for 20 something years. I've had other girlfriends. I've got parents in my life. No one has ever loved me enough to buy me a plant store. <laughs> like and they weren't even dating yet. Like it's like, oh, here's your Christmas present. I bought you a store. Really? Maybe, maybe gift giving just isn't no, like it was your like- love language. Yeah, or it was I like would, get all these plants out someone... of our apartment and put them in your plant store. That for me was maybe okay. I, I mean, buy it. I would I love even, it if someone I bought even me a plant store. One plant. <laughs> <laughs> I bought no plants. Oh yeah, I have no, no plants. I mean, it's just buying stores are expensive. They're like, oh yeah, we're having, a, and they had a fight, and that's why he's so great. They had a fight, and he's mad at him, but he's like, but I bought him the store, so I, I really got to paint. I mean, that's just <laughs> it would be, it would be rude not to. Gwen, what was your other favorite movie? I'm curious. <laughs> well, it's it's sort of a toss up between, and and for really weird reasons because 
I, I love the Princess Switch movies, but I think you all want to talk about that separately. And I really we'll, we'll did, end, did yes. love three. Mm-hmm. But, yes. but <laughs> I will say probably an unexpected Christmas in part because of the the acting, which and the chemistry. There was actual some chemistry between the leads, which is so rare this season. I felt that way, too, about the one I saw just this week. I'm trying to remember. What, oh, yeah. A Royal Queen's Christmas. The, the, the attempt of all of these different actors to try having a queen's accent was painful but <laughs> honestly i think they the, the leads actually had a little chemistry so you these know, are both hallmark, I love miracle. hallmark yeah these are hallmark and so is and then lifetime is miracle of motor city and this is entirely because of mm-hmm. where i grew up which was flint michigan and just a real i have a real closeness to the subject matter and so i loved it for that reason and also you know my secret right which is maori twins can do no wrong so i don't care where they are <laughs> what they're doing they could be open a grocery store in La Jolla, I would still be there for it because I love the Maori twins. So that was about it for me. This year, I really haven't like felt, you know, that much quality, a lot of quantity, not so much quality. Okay. So. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I want, I want to ask about, I, I'll just, you know, take my favorite movie, Castle for Christmas. And I Right. I, yeah. I, I, so how do you, okay. you feel about that one? Because I did not know okay. I need Carrie Ells to do a Scotch accent with the dog really? until I did. Yes, I loved it so very much. I'll go last. <laughs> okay, um, I, I will Monica, tell you. Okay, so I did write actually a little bit on this one on on Facebook, and I was talking about the the face work that I think he's had that makes it hard for him to have a lot of expressions. Carrie <laughs> yeah, and Brooke Shields has lots oh of expressions. So like when they're together, he's so understated and she's so overstated that like <laughs> like really visual weird thing. But but to be fair these are people from my generation. I mean, Brooke Shields and I are about the same age. So of course I loved it, but I also like felt it, it had a little Mary Sue-esque-ness going there too, which, you know, but it was adorable. And there was a dog and you'll know. Yeah, there is a dog. The dog's, the dog's, the dog's cool. So uh, that's, that's my thing. Monica, what did you think? I didn't get to watch that one because I was in Europe and only had internet for a couple of days. So <laughs> you I, were actually I, living the dream. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, so you had to live it instead of, yeah, you know, yeah. watch it. I was living in a castle for Christmas. So I prioritized <laughs> Single All the Way and all of the Princess Switch movies, which I had not seen before this year. <gasps> I, I think you made the right decision. I hate I hated this movie. <laughs> what did you hate it? What, what particular part did make what that made what made you? Hate I it? I wanted to. Okay, so I loved the knitters. I loved all the background characters for this for, for the film. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed for all of Castle for Christmas because I have not seen that little fire or passion or chemistry <laughs> between two actors in a film since Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth in the Thor movies. Oh my God. Now, now, okay, now oh, I'm a fan. Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, but. <laughs> I am a, I am a fan of, of Brooke Shields. I am a fan of Carrie Ells. I would happily date either of them. But if I never have to see the two of them on screen together again, 
oh my god they like it's just like everything about them and like i was just like when the entire movie where she's she's fawning over him and i'm like why because i like him i you know i i have a crush on the dread pirate roberts yes absolutely but like why do you like him because you don't seem to get along and i don't mean just because the characters have the cutesy flirtatious we you know we're butting heads because we're secretly in love thing that is just how romantic comedies work i just like nothing about them in the entire film made me want to see them kiss each other like i'm going please just back away and be with anyone else i i saw nothing i had no feeling i had no feeling i 100 did not invest in the romance i just liked everything else about it and just like 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 hilariously like they would have him like try and catch big snowflakes and the like this is not a spoiler for monica it's like the beginning of the movie like she she like absconds to scotland because she like killed off the romantic lead in her books and everyone in america including drew barrymore is furious with her which reminded me that drew barrymore now has her own talk show and then she gets to scotland and the reaction to her books is just totally different than what's happening in america and i i just i really i loved it so much i i can't i again i can't say that like i pick things because like they're the best i just it it had all like the little things that like i enjoy for the cheese and they put in one movie and there was a puppy (laughs) there was a puppy and a castle in scotland and i mean like part of it might have been that like josh and i met in england and like we went to scotland together at the end of our trip so we (sighs) might have spent half the movie like reminiscing about our you know like almost 10 year old memories now of when we were young but there it was you gotta you gotta get your like Christmas cheese where you can. I love Scotland and I thought the movie was beautiful. And again, I love the extras in it. This, these are just all nice people, except that they just don't. Oh, God, they yeah. did not belong my, together. My, <laughs> my favorite, this is not true, but my favorite thing about A Castle for Christmas is not anything about the movie, but that everyone on the internet seemed convinced it was filmed in Ireland for like a week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just amused me to no end. Anyway. So the other movie that I did actually get the chance to watch was Love hard which yes. i feel like we should talk about because, because favorite yeah. favorite movie number two for me I had to quit really? halfway through really yeah. loved it, loved really? it. everyone's awful hate hate you all but like i bought into their story yeah i couldn't do it <laughs> i loved love hard yes for exactly but, the same reason as for like i said there are two kinds of movies either everybody's great or everybody's awful i don't want anything in between and maybe that was my problem with castle for christmas was that they you know it's just like i didn't feel i didn't feel heartwarming about it i spent all of love hard going she's she's completely wrong here i hope someone calls her on her bullshit and someone does and i'm like yes and the movie was justified for me loved love hard i think for me is love hard was so close so incredibly fucking close to being like a parody of a christmas movie and then they wouldn't take the joke far enough no no they they they, they meant it The idea, they meant it with too much sincerity for me. Mm -hmm. The idea that like this guy is like, my dream is to be a candle maker. Like that's (laughs) fucking funny. But they don't play it like it's funny. They play it like that's a legitimate dream. And it's a big revelation for this character to have to be allowed to admit that he wants to be a candle maker. But that's hilarious. Why is that not the biggest joke of the entire movie? Because... It's everything that we make fun of about Christmas movies, and it's clearly self-aware, or that wouldn't be the plot point. 
And so if we could just push it a little bit further to be like, we know that you're all in on the joke and it's a joke. Everyone agree that it's a joke. Then I would, it would have been a perfect Christmas movie, but they just kept not taking it over the edge that it needed to go. And it was too saccharine for me that I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't like it. I couldn't love it. Hannah, how far did you get before you bailed? You know, like the karaoke where she like has her kiwi allergy. Yeah. That's where, and like, it's par- it's partially like they're all terrible and I didn't want to like live my life with toxic people for an hour and a half. And the, I, I say as if they're real people. And the, the other reason was, is I get secondhand embarrassment really badly. Like I can't watch some episodes of The Office anymore because I know what's going to happen. And it really sends me into a panic and makes me sick to my stomach. So I just couldn't like, I couldn't watch her go through that. Like she was terrible. Before I turn it over to Gwen to ask her what she thought about it, I want to redeem the, the movie just lightly for Hannah, just to see where you feel about this. You are right. They are horrible people. However, the reason I was curious to talk to you about it is there's a scene in it that just as a callback to our show, there a major plot point of the film is the horribleness of um, Baby It's Cold Outside. And they rewrite it and make it about informed consent. <laughs> and it's actually and it's actually pretty great. <laughs> well, that's good because we all... That we, song. We, we've we've yes. done a whole episode on it yeah mm-hmm. but they but it, but they rewrite baby it's cold outside to be you know I, you really must go oh okay well can i call you a cab uh, you know let me let me wait out here <laughs> it's really good gwen what did you think about love heart <laughs> oh man you know i just i just I tried, you know, I tried to follow <laughs> along with it. And, and part of my problem was, I think what you were saying, I wanted this to be a parody. And then it took itself more seriously than any movie should ever take itself. <laughs> and by, seriously, and by the end of it, it's like, God, I feel like I've been in psychotherapy. This is not what I need right now. I mean, that was just way too much growth on the part of both of these people for me to handle at Christmas. <laughs> so yeah i just i felt that that was like it was just yeah yeah but See, that's okay i mean if i could tell i knew you were going to want to talk about it because i think that it's one of those films that's it's also i think meant to engage you in discussion like this so well, i think what i liked about love heart is it doesn't go over the board and take the bait on the joke like monica said but i think it's a movie that embraces the badness of what this genre is right like does it it's aware of what it's doing and it non-ironically leans into it like it doesn't this is not this is not Riverdale right where Riverdale will take the joke and it will just like Riverdale takes everything about teen you know exploitation TV shows and I'm just going to turn the dial up to 11. Love Hard doesn't do that Love Hard's like no the maximum is 10 we'll go to 10 and and that's how it is it's like I'm going to be the most Christmassy trope movie ever and that's just what this is because that's what this genre is about and it's sincere about it and you're like oh well you you're you're awful and 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 again the entire point of the movie is she you know he catfishes her and then she gets mad about it and then she fi- and then she ends up trying to catfish somebody else but she doesn't realize she's doing it and it's like oh why isn't anybody calling me on this bullshit and then the other dude calls her on it and says you just did the wrong thing and she's like oh I guess I'm awful. The end. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> okay, that's great. And, yeah, like she I'm also coming at this of like I love romantic comedy movies 
life in mm-hmm. which women have jobs at magazines. And like, <laughs> that's what this movie is. Yeah. yeah. That's the joke. And they're not playing the joke. And I'm so upset about it. Like, I mean, you know, like... this movie could have been made 10 years ago and right. been sincere. Like, it could have been 13 going on 30. And it could have been How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. But uh-huh. that moment has passed. We're not <laughs> making those movies anymore. We we're are. We are making. They're on Netflix movies. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we're making 2020 movies in which everyone is in on the joke that women don't just work at magazines. Like, oh. <laughs> No, we're bringing it back. It's nostalgia. <laughs> but it's not played like nostalgia. It's just played like sincerity in which we're yeah. just supposed to ignore, like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any sort of like growth in representation that we've had in the past 20 years. Yeah. And it's this, this so is a movie, frustrating. This is a this is a movie right out of 1998 all the way down to the gay best friend. Yes. There's, yeah. no, there's nothing. There, there's no there is like, nothing unique about this film. <laughs> you know, visually it reminds me a lot of that movie from the late 1990s. I can't remember the name of it. Is it girls? Some girls girl oh God, it's gonna okay now. Now I'm going to be driven crazy by this. <laughs> I don't know which one you're oh, talking wow. about. <laughs> and I can't remember either. So it's all, well, the 90s are all a blur anyway. But. <laughs> this came up a little earlier. I, I had questions about even as late as last year, you know, Happiest Season. One of the whole big things was, well, you know, it's a movie about gay people. So it's a Christmas movie. It's a rom-com, Christmas rom-com about gay people. Innovative, right? 2021, gay people are just kind of there now. And and again, it's it's what I sort of enjoyed about Single All the Way was it wasn't a big deal. Single All the Way is not a movie about, but, you know, but what if they're gay? Single All the Way is, there's references to the fact that they're gay, which is like, like, like the mom is just doing everything she can to not be a stereotype and therefore being more of a stereotype, which is hilarious. But but single all the way love hard several other movies christmas 12 days of christmas yeah like they're just there's there is now just an acknowledgement of okay we're just going to make non-straight people part of the narrative now that's just how it's going to be almost an overcorrection to where which is it's not a complaint but i mean there's an overcorrection of we're just going to make sure that all worlds have you know queer people in them that's just how it how it is middle america in a town that probably in real life would be super intolerant but this is a christmas movie where everyone's delightful so everyone's going to be just okay with the fact that half the cast is gay i love that i thought it was cute they're also no one cares about interracial relationships at all it's just a thing that happens pretty <laughs> like everyone is super tolerant as someone who's you know who is in an interracial relationship in 2021 i'm going to tell you it's not as bad as it would have been in 1980 but it's not it, it's not a non-issue <laughs> It does come up way more than it does in any of these films. Well, it, it never comes up in any of these films. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, as far as I can tell, I don't think there's ever been like an acknowledgement in any of the movies in my memory. But it's but it's pretty common now. You just kind of you yeah. know the it's like oh well that guy is hot and also black. Oh, well, you know it, it's a, a completely unacknowledged, which was neat. I um, will say maybe I want to use this as a transition, but there is a moment in Princess Witch Three where she's mm-hmm. like. 
oh, we're Filipino, we hug. And it's sort of like this first acknowledgement of like, we can, you do, have a race. We can do race here <laughs> in this movie too, which is very interesting because we're spending all this time in these like very, in these fake European countries that are also like coded <laughs> as being mm-hmm. very white European countries. Just despite yeah. the fact that Vanessa Hudgens is now also acknowledging her race and also being the, I don't know, the designated rule, like ruler by birth of those countries in a way that's not really addressed that's kind of complicated but right but her husband i don't don't know i want to talk i want to talk about it i want to talk about how it feels problematic for me that those movies are coded as white europe and you can't just throw in a line like oh we're filipino and pretend that it's like diverse and okay despite the visual representation of an actress who is not well that's why i want that's why i wanted to pull it out because yes but also the fact that the husband, I mean, boyfriend in Princess Switch 1, husband in, as of the end of Princess Switch 2 and throughout all of Princess Switch 3. We're talking about Stacey's character, to be clear. Well, yes. I'm talking, yes, but like the point but being. But we're also saying that she's identical to a woman who yes, inherited right. a European country. Right, right. That's, yes. that's exactly yes. what I'm getting at. Because yes. right. uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens, well, I'm talking about Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens, the person, not even the character, not the character of Stacey. Mm-hmm. I guess we should make it clear because this is going to be a very confusing conversation in princess switch there are three identical characters all played by vanessa hudgens stacy margaret and uh fiona. fiona are all played and fiona and margaret are presumably white i mean they are they are it's not clear but they are european aristocracy and one would presume that they are white they appear to be coded as such stacy specifically says she's filipino but margaret ends up marrying a black man yep there, there, are three different, there are three different actual <laughs> actually there are three different interracial relationships throughout all mm-hmm. three of the princess witch movies and yeah because there's also an asian male lead in the third film but it's never really acknowledged it's just kind of yeah it's fine <laughs> you know so i mean progressive i guess well it, it, it really but, it but recalls to me so that no still occurring in these countries that are sort of like i i don't know his Historically, like our representations and understandings of aristocracy is also like racist in a way that for me cannot be entirely erased just by colorblind what? casting. What I think this, that's my what, issue. Mm-hmm. What this recalls to me is Meghan Markle and Harry gave that interview with mm-hmm. Oprah. And at one point, Meghan Markle said how it's really important for her to have married into the royal family and her trip to like you know the different like countries under the empire still and how diversity is good because young girls in colonized countries can look up and see Meghan Markle and I am I am on 18th and 19th century Twitter and my Twitter just like lit up instantly and was like no like (laughs) imperialism but like I'm oversimplifying the smart things people said but you know imperialism bad and like diversity like this is this is like this is like (laughs) diversity does not counter like all of the I mean like you know like I think that you know some things like you're getting at manga too also speak to like some of the issues that people had with Bridgerton which we talked about for literally two whole episodes this past year and again so, two weeks ago you weren't on that episode but yes yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I you know I think that like like it's also interesting to me that a lot of these movies it like I as we talked about traditions last year you know it was very exciting to hear about other people's traditions and remember my family's own and talk about them in last week's episode 
episode. Then I like got off the call and I was like, you know, I think I get the most bougie I ever get at Christmas. Really? And yeah. And quite a few traditions, like not just for me, but some people, you know, might be predicated on money. Like, it, you know how expensive it is to buy a Christmas tree? Like, yeah. 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 Like, like, you know, like that, what? You know, like that's like an indulgence. And then like these Christmas movies, like not all of them, like single all the way, obviously doesn't feature royalty, but like there's so many movies now that have turned to like the aristocracy or like princesses and queen. I cannot keep all the movies that like are like a Christmas prince or a prince for Christmas or like the Christmas princess like straight because there's so many of them with basically the same title. You know, like Castle for Christmas. Like Carrie Ells is only a duke. Also, like, <laughs> that's definitely like, Milgram Humor. <laughs> I my, my my question about that movie is actually the woman who left him left him for like some one with a better position in money yeah better <laughs> she, title because she lives in she lives in 1712 yeah. sure <laughs> well, not just that but like what who who is higher than a duke who is available maybe it really is i mean it could have been anybody from from any of the princess switch movies or or christmas prince movies i mean we'll find out like i like that could be a tie-in please god yes also give me vanessa hudgens from a night before christmas <laughs> alongside the vanessa hudgens of princess switch anyway mm-hmm. but but to you know go back to monica point in all this what is what is up with this turn to like royalty and the over romanticization of the aristocracy and using you know things like interracial harmony to you know sort of paste over the huge exploitative horrible history both in their own countries and across the globe yeah what's up with that (laughs) well i will say this when you think about what those kingdoms represent think about the way that people talk to each other in these movies especially the the ones that aren't well written right where like the word sire is every fourth word out of like some (laughs) person's mouth i think in some ways it is a longing that many people have for a hierarchical society that may actually be truly under question and so these movies form an escape i would say i would equate that to the fact that if you go back to films that are made in the u.s there's this huge industry of like creating these gorgeous interiors for these films where it's kind of like this incredible wish fulfillment for that. So I think that there's there's something with that hierarchy thing, that, that idea that really people at some level, or at least viewers of Hallmark movies, are really like in need of a world where people bow down to other people. I don't know, but, you know, it's just really interesting to me the way language operates in these films. Like, you remember what, what the, the Duke says, you know, it's it might, your grace, not your majesty or whatever you know for me it's interesting it's a it's a weird class comparison because we're we're talking about this dream of being a princess right like the entire aristocracy but the flip side about it is oh you know i made the joke about you know leave your job in the big city to come come back home because that is the other the other side, yep. the the two Christmas dreams are I'm going to become a literal princess because I marry into royalty or I'm going to run an inn in Vermont. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm either. But like I'm, I'm, I'm sure as hell not staying in L.A. Like that can't be. I can't be in L.A. I can't be in New York. I'm either moving to Europe to run a country or I'm going back to not really nature, but I do want to, you know, some somewhere 
folksy and homesy where everybody it's the escape from the 21st century yes it is yeah. it is literally the escape from from contemporary social life and this, yeah. and from middle class mediocrity right because even <sighs> the lower you know the salt of the earth working man who owns this candle shop or runs the inn or is every handyman which is going to come up in and the and the sister swap movies which i'm going to i'm going to want to talk about in a few minutes but like i'm every handyman or I'm the salt of the earth kind of guy. <laughs> like that's not a real poor person. It's not a real working class person. It is a fantasy of working class, simple life in exactly the same way that it is a fantasy of what it's like to be a princess, right? Like you might as well, this might as well be right, green you're not going to make a living making your fucking artisanal candles, but in this Christmas universe. Artisanal can. candles that yep. smell like grandpa's aftershave. This, this really <laughs> reminds me weirdly of like we did an episode like two years ago on farm simulation games and yes. like things like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. And it, this 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 conversation about, you know, like fleet, like that is like what California Christmas, that movie is about Joseph Von Vanders Nudie. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to I'm going to let it be that. Because, close enough. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, like that, that, that is him like like, you know, fleeing the like big corporation and finding like peace on a wine area. Area. I am tired. Vineyard, a, a vineyard. Wine like, area. Like, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you too can find peace through wine this holiday season. You know, every like, holiday season. In fact, that's how it, I'm not. No. So. You know, like I, it, it feels like a similar narrative rejecting the global capitalism of the city slash big business and like going back to your roots or like somebody else's. But it's, it's interesting to me that as like economic conditions have worsened, our fantasy has been let us become princesses who also pull off heists and it's okay because <laughs> we're stealing from an even worse rich person. Uh, yeah. I, I, Maybe the thing that's so confusing to me is that especially with Meghan Markle and recent seasons of The Crown and the very many Princess Di documentaries, Princess Diana movies, like yeah. we're firmly in like an anti-monarchist movement right now. Like mm -hmm. especially within London, but like you are seeing the repercussions globally. I and the idea that like the thing that we want to escape to when in reality like we are fully coming to terms with how incredibly problematic monarchy is is really oh, yeah. interesting in this way that to me feels very different because as a millennial who was like told to start to, you know, like do a job that's what you love or like start a side business on Etsy like the idea of me like being able to make candles enough to pay my bills is actually like a, a dream that I would sign myself up for much more than the idea of being a princess and putting myself into this yeah. like racist outdated institution also like Stacy seems to have a bad time like being a princess like she's like you know she like a little bake shop like she yeah like she's well she's not just like she's not just a prince she's apparently she's running the big shop and running the country and like is very stressed out all the time and like margaret <laughs> margaret was like i don't want to be a queen screw this and then yeah. like changed her mind for plot reasons but it's because we got to keep this franchise going this is yeah. no <laughs> you can't call it princess switch if there's no princesses yeah i i still think i mean i yes i hear everything monica's saying but i i think it plays both ways i because 
Yes, this is not the real monarchy. The monarchy that there that we're seeing in these films is, you know, she's not the the, the fantasy here isn't becoming even Meghan Markle or Princess Diana. The, the fantasy here is to become Cinderella or Belle, right? Like that's who Vanessa Hudgens is in these movies. She is she is a fantasy princess in the exact same way as the salt of the earth working people in mostly white middle America are, you know, if this were reality, they'd all have MAGA signs. They don't, you know, because that's not because like that's like it's not real working class America. And it's it is this, you know, the fact that you had if we look at single all the way, the fact that these two 16 year old or I don't know, they're, they're I don't think they're twins, the sisters in in that movie who are just super supportive of their gay uncle wanting him to be in an interracial gay relationship in no, they would not. Right. Like these people should be like celebrating, you know, their Southern flag, but they don't because that's not the movie. Right. The movie is as a fantasy of this better world where just you can make a life selling artisanal candle candles. Don't don't you think that part of this, though, too, is that these filmmakers are really in a difficult spot. And I would draw our attention to a movie that has not actually come out yet. It comes out, I think, tomorrow night. And it's with Melissa Joan Hart and Dwayne Henry. And it's called, oh, um, Mistletoe in Montana. Okay. And, you know, Melissa Joan Hart has had a lot of trouble because she's a conservative, not of the like, you know, like over the the bend type, but she is fiscally and socially conservative. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to, I think, rehabilitate her reputation right now. And so she makes this movie, which is interracial. It's in the middle of Montana, which is like Trump country, right? Mm -hmm. Where a lot of the, the actual manifestation of MAGA has taken place in some very violent ways. And I, I think that these producers want to have it both ways. They want to please the sort of folks who are are into sort of, you know, the younger kids. And there are a lot of younger people who love these movies. Again, I got into this gig because so many of my students were talking about these movies. Mm-hmm. So there's that demographic. But then there's the, the traditional Hallmark demographic, like family members of mine who are older than I am who watch these movies. And I think people are really walking an interesting line right now in trying to appeal to a variety of different audiences, but not offend any of them. And I think right. that that's when you get these really weird moments. Yeah. And, and probably good. I mean, like if, if in as much as films should be aspirational and I don't, I mean, Hannah and I, we've, we have talked about this on many, many episodes going back a couple of years. The reason I like love hard is I'm okay with not everything being aspirational, but I think that it, there's goodness to the fact that there, I mean, yes, I was just being critical of Single All the Way, but if some Montana grandmother watches Single <laughs> All the Way and thinks twice about maybe gay people are okay, at least at Christmas time, bonus, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like that's good, right? Well, yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's interesting. It, it's, yeah, I agree. I think yeah. that there's an incredible tension in mm-hmm. some of these films, and the things that aren't talked about are the most interesting things. Right. So you're right. These 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 
mother-in-law is almost always the mother-in-law is a white lady mm -hmm. and she's totally cool with these relationships. And maybe that's really an attempt to say to the, the demographic that is watching these like that. Hey ladies, you know, you could be this woman. You could. Even, yeah. Even in love hard, right? Even in love hard, yeah. the, yeah. the mother, the mother-in-law is white in a Asian family. You know, he, he's, she's yeah. got two kids who are not, I guess she's not a mother-in-law yet because, but like the, the male lead is Asian and his father and his sister, or no, his father and his brother and, and his sister-in-law, all Asian. And they have a white mom because, and they do, there's a throwaway line of, you know, <gasps> it's my stepmom. It's like mentioned one time, you know, it's literally just like, you know, she, she, she's like, I, you know, I love her. Like she was my original mom, you know, implying that like the first mom died when they were, when they were kids or something. But that means that they've had this perfectly accepting interracial relationship that's been going on for 20 years. So good. And, uh, and that's the acceptance. But it, I mean, it, there is a colorblindness aspect of it, which I think is very similar to the colonialist aspect that Monica was talking about. That's mm -hmm. troubling, but also I don't think simple. And that's fine. <laughs> I, I did want to make sure we had a couple of time because I just speaking of the Princess Switch movies, and I know I, I, I know how Hannah feels about this because we've done this show three times now, but for the new people, Gwen and Monica, how do you feel about the Netflix cinematic universe? Like things are happening now. <laughs> we got Vanessa Hudgens all over love the place. How you want, I just love how y'all want to make another universe. But but I will say this, the commitment to Christmas movies is just like a commitment to the Marvel universe or anything else. Mm -hmm. So I get the impulse to try and create it and I'm totally comfortable with it. I, I would live in it, frankly, except for the camera. <laughs> I think I can pretty much handle it. I, I mean, they're they're making these connections on purpose, though. Like they're like no one forced them to connect Princess Switch and 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 Castle okay. for Christmas. Like those characters show up for no apparent reason other than to say, look, look, we live here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Remember us from the other movie? what's going on yep. with that i was i was talking to some people who had watched the castle for christmas and i was explaining the netflix cinematic universe to them and they were like what and i sent them uh this will mean nothing to listeners unless map remembers to put in the show notes but i i was like here here's this graphic that my friend sent me <laughs> that shows the connections between all the movies and they were like oh that's who those random people were checking in, <laughs> in the hotel Yes. They're, they're there for no other reason other than to establish that they live in the same universe. Monica, when you were asking which ones you should watch, I think you thought we were joking at first. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> we like, no, 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 this is real. What were your thoughts? I, on the fact that a cinematic universe of Christmas movies exists. Yeah, or is being built. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I kind of, I kind of love it. I, <laughs> the one thing that I thought of was so Frozen kind of did it first because Frozen and Tangled yes. are established as mm -hmm. being the same cinematic universe in a way that mm -hmm. Disney mm -hmm. haven't really acknowledged before. Right. And, and I feel like it's, I mean, it's smart on the part of like everyone is in the IP game now and everyone mm -hmm. is in the like crossovers cause people to consume more content and and so like it's it's just a smart business decision i think the thing that makes me upset about netflix is they're not taking it far enough because it is like oh you're just bumping into someone random but we're not getting the cross we're not getting the avengers movie or the justice league movie that we all deserve i feel like it's gonna come 
taking the time <laughs> for cameos to exist. I, I think it's going to happen. And I think Vanessa Hudgens is going to play 14 parts. That's okay. Here, here, here's what's going to happen. Do you remember? And I'm not using this term except for that is what she's called throughout the entire movie. Do you remember the old crone from yes. a, night, The Night Before Christmas? Okay. She has magical powers to send the night circle through space mm-hmm. and time to Vanessa Hudgens. And twice. the old man. And the and, old man in Princess Witch also has similar magic powers. Yeah, th- those two characters are going to bridge any space-time continuum issues. They can they can reintegrate any movies that are not in the cinematic universe. They can bring all the characters together. They're going to fight <laughs> some Thanos-level threat in like what 2024, 2025? I'm, I'm sure of it. It's gonna. This is gonna happen. Get on board. This is happening. <laughs> you know what I do kind of love is the fact that Danta is not really Christmas. ever acknowledged. Like he's not a character really maybe it's because i haven't watched all of them well christmas chronicles is out, out there though and okay and, so and christmas that not might yet. not be part of the might, universe, but but maybe. But that's what I'm saying is for me, that would be mm-hmm. the convergence is mm-hmm. all of these movies are about Christmas, but none mm-hmm. of them are yet fully like they're not the Santa Claus. Like <laughs> it could be. Mm-hmm. Kurt, Kurt Russell has played a superhero in the past. <laughs> and a villain. Yeah. And a villain. I, yeah. He, 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 it could go either way. Santa could turn out to be a villain. He could turn out to be a hero. Make it happen, happen, Netflix. This is what we want. This is literally what we're asking <laughs> nothing, for. Yeah, I want nothing more in life. <laughs> Let the algorithm guide you. Speaking okay. of superheroes, there there is another cinematic universe giving us their version of the Christmas movie. Yes. So you want to talk about Hawkeye? Yes, because I am a genius. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't I don't want to spoil anyone, but my crackpot theory is true, Mav. You were there. You witnessed it. That <laughs> <laughs> there will be another convergence of cinematic universes. Is that maybe what we're saying? No spoilers. Oh. Oh, no, uh, the 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 twist at the end of episode five was my crackpot theory that I proposed on There Was an Idea podcast when Mav and I did the Hawkeye show and it happened. Our, our, our listeners have seen by the time this is out, you've you've caught up on Hawkeye or you or you don't care. So go ahead. Turn it off now if you don't want to spoil. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoilers for the next 30 seconds. Go ahead. Okay. I predicted that Eleanor was too smart of a woman to fall for Shady Jack when, and Shady Jack was too obviously the murderer and she's been framing him this whole time and she's secretly a villain because she's smart mm-hmm. enough to pull it off and it happened. Mm-hmm. Which, and, and and Hannah predicted that for, for listeners who, who are like, obviously Hannah has predicted that without reading my life as a weapon. So yes, <laughs> which, which if you've read the comics, it, it, it was even more obvious. But yes, that is that is where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't think I'm a genius for that. I, I think that like I'm, I'm very excited about because I have little in my life right now. Ted Lasso is over, which was also a great Christmas special, but no one else watched that, so we don't have to talk about it. But it was interesting because it came out in July, and it's the most Christmassy thing I've watched all year. Well, I do want to I want to recommend one that I don't know if any of you have watched, and this is um a little different because I watched one that I really I had one more that I really that was not a rom-com it was a christmas movie and just delightful which i think hannah will really like and i'm curious Gwen, like you might have seen it i don't know did anybody else watch 8-bit christmas i did it's like if someone yeah it's like if someone was like hmm 
I'm going to take the narrative arc of the Princess Bride and put it in the 80s <laughs> with the Christmas story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just so I li- I liked it. I thought it was Neil Patrick Harris telling the story of how much he really wanted a Nintendo and uh, as a, but like really really the true story was how important family is. <laughs> I super cried hard at the end. Like I didn't expect that. I I was devastated. So you guys haven't seen it? No. Uh-huh. And so now I'm, I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> Oh no! It's 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 sweet and and the it's little girl in it is right. is great. Right. It, it's right. it very much wants to be. I mean, it. I don't think it's gonna happen, but it's trying to be a movie of the ilk of a Christmas story. It wants to be that, and mm-hmm. it wants to have a little. bit. It's a it's a father telling his daughter the story after the fact, the same way as the grandfather tells the the grandson in, in Princess Bride, like Hannah said. It's right, um, right. It, it it's it's cute. It's a it's a really cute film. Yeah, like I I don't not recommend. I just and also like I cried in the middle of the night before Christmas. So like I, I also cried at like the Nicole Kidman really silly AMC like yes. join us at the movies. So like you know. So bars. yeah, Hannah crying is not a not a mark of pretty much anything other than there was something remotely sad in it. Um, <laughs> I did have I did have two more that I watched because most of the, I think most of our listeners are more likely to watch the Netflix ones. When I know watched a bunch of the Hallmark ones. I did watch my last one. They both came out within a week of each other. So the Sister Swap movies, Sister Swap A Hometown Holiday and Sister Swap Christmas in the City. And this is just a tie in to our friends over at Protagonist, who they play this game every year where they try to just based on titles, they try to describe what they think these films are about with without (laughs) having watched them at all. So they describe them as... Porn because uh, something about Sister Swap just feels like it shouldn't oh, be the yeah. title. Of a yeah, you, you would think so. They, they, they did not go there. Protagonist is very is very much a family show. So I'm just just like because uh, as Andrew is, is listening to this, show. yeah, Sorry. as Andrew is listening right now, going, oh god, no, we didn't do that. Yes, um, no, they, they don't do that. But they do get pretty. So the the premise of of the Sister Swap movies is there are these two sisters played by real life sisters Ashley Williams. Oh god, what are their names? I forget their names. And the but one who's fam- more familiar to me, but has more names. The one, that, the one, the one that's the one that's married to Brad Paisley. I can't remember her name. Yeah. <laughs> Kimberly. Um, um, Kimberly. Yes, they're Kimberly Will- Williams Paisley because she uses her. She uses a hyphenated. But anyway, so they the premise is they are sisters in the film, and one lives in the big city, and one lives in their hometown that they grew up in, and for convoluted plot reasons, they both end up in each other city. Now they're not twins so they're not they're not stealing each other's lives or anything but they're staying at each other's houses you know so oh i've got to go visit mom and dad oh well i just want to get away from the city so can i hang out at your house sure and then they at the same time have you know a christmas movie happen to each of them where they fall in love with the local guy and it's so delightful it's like, so it's like the holiday but with like actual sisters yes but even more so there's two films and they happen at the same time and they cross over. Yeah. It, this is like this is like really brilliant oh. kind of like filmmaking. They're they're doing a thing where so each one you know ninety minute movies, two hours with commercials, and they happen concurrently. And there are scenes that occur in each movie where it, it's really I I just I liked like it from Fox the actual description. By Jean Lu and Yang, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's really clever only and like, like only humor. made for yeah. 
and and on Hallmark with a with a budget of forty seven dollars, right? Like this is they don't have Netflix production value, but it it really is clever the way that several characters, but in particular the two leads, because they're sisters and they'll call each other on their phone. And they you know, and there's parallels, and you you don't get the entire story until you watch them both together, and it's really cute, and I want everybody oh, to watch it. Um, cute, wow! Like I that that's also like super clever on Hallmark's part yeah. in that like you know it's it's organic but like built in advertising for another movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so any Um, more that we should absolutely watch so before we resolve nothing i i have to ask since we are as this drops like two days away from the hawkeye finale is he going to make it home to his family for christmas because i'm getting really worried he's not going to make it home to his family for christmas I assume so. I assume he's going to make it home and and take Kate with him. <laughs> it would be awful if it's like tragically he just dies or something. But <laughs> but I, I assume he's going to make it home for Christmas. I just have one other thing I do want to say. Yes. There's this yeah. guy. There's this guy called Jake Epstein who's living his own best life. And I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's this actor who is now in like four movies this year. Typically, he plays the Jewish guy. So anything that has the word Hanukkah or menorah in it, he's been in it but now he's like been branching out into other things and he's this sort of innocuous sweet guy and suddenly he's in every movie ever made by anyone so if you're looking for like a heartwarming sort of guy who isn't plastic because you know most of the hallmark guys are sort of plastic this guy's actually pretty cool so i just thought i would mention like if you watch them for the for the actors look into jake epstein he's having a great year i'd like to be having his year i'm just looking in the last four years he's done home home for the holidays and he's done mistletoe and menorahs and a storybook christmas and eight gifts of hanukkah yeah he's he's doing the thing where and the christmas village which he was just in charming christmas christmas village yeah like just looking at, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page. He's there's this thing, particularly with the Hallmark movies and Lifetime to a lesser extent. With 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 Netflix, it's just Vanessa Hudgens is in, is in everything. But there are like Hallmark has this cadre of yes. actors that they've just like they've got their crew, and they clearly like a lot of the movies are all made on the same set, you know. <laughs> so yep. so it's, it, it's but like they've got yeah. And again, this is not bad, you know. Every CW show is filmed in in you know in like a three block area of was it vancouver i think you know so so like sure but like yeah he's become part of the of the hallmark movie family and i'm sure he's probably going to move away from christmas movies and make um nice movies about baking because hallmark's got this thing going for romantic comedies all year round christmas is their is their killer time right but they've got like their their small rom-coms as well also speaking of cw hallmark I discovered the one Hallmark movie called Love on Iceland. It's a holiday film that was not filmed in Canada. It was actually filmed in Iceland. And it and the lead male actor is the guy who played Tommy Merlin from Arrow way back in the day. <gasps> and oh, wow. I was like, I was like, how do I recognize you? And I was like, oh yeah, Tommy, you died a long time ago. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's alive. He he's alive as the as of the end of Arrow. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you bailed on the Arrowverse, but yeah, Tommy yeah. Merlin is currently alive in the, in continuity. Uh, <laughs> Arrow ended weirdly, but we've resolved nothing because oh, now we're just getting enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh God. Yes. Yeah. What Tommy Merlin's very good. Yeah. yeah. What, what's Christmas without chaos? And what are these <laughs> movies but chaotic? So as always, great conversation. I think we we did yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I mean, this is our last show. <laughs> this is our last show before Christmas, and so we've got. I mean. 
It's Gwen. I think you're our last guest of the year because next week Aww. Hannah is 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 our, is our recap show or things. things no, 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 no. Our last, no. our next next oh, week no. is spies. We're doing oh, you might, spies. You might, yeah, you might not be our last one. We've got next week is, is the spy show. So we actually, I'm not okay. sure if we have a guest for that or not. Yeah, yeah. I like you're being definitely our last anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely our last guest before Christmas. So thank you for joining awesome. us. Well, uh, and it's been my pleasure because no one I know watches these movies. So oh, y'all have given me so much pleasure. So thank well, you. And that's again. I said. I mean, some of of my friends do, but they take them. They don't take them seriously. And and by seriously, I mean they just don't want to talk about them. Whereas you, you all want to talk about them. And so, thank you. Well, when for the last couple of years, it's just been me and Hannah. And Monica just joined the show this year. So when you were talking about them online, I was just like, oh my god, we we could have a guest. (laughs) (laughs) Who would do the Christmas (laughs) movie show with us? But thank you, thank you for joining us. Wait, it's is there been my pleasure. No, not really. I my oh, I guess my book. If you're interested in comics and graphic novels and how they work, I have a book out with Bloomsbury and called Children's and Young Adult Comics. And so you are welcome to take a look at that. That's it. That's all I got happening right now because I'm doing administrative work. And you know, we just basically <laughs> sit there with our little number counters and our our abacuses and everything. So, <laughs> but her book will be linked in the show notes. Monica, marvelous. What about you? If you want to keep talking Christmas movies or you want to send me a recommendation or you want to talk about Vanessa Hudgens god awful (laughs) accent in all of the princess movies (laughs) you can find me on Instagram or on Twitter at Monica Marvelous that's at L-O-U at Marvelous on Instagram and L-O-U-X on Twitter absolutely and palindrome hannah you know what i'll i'll just i'm gonna give some free advertising to steven spielberg for west side story go out and see it so in theaters. Good. yeah it yeah, like, good. yeah it's, yeah it's 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 i mean a couple of things aside because it's you know based on romeo and juliet it's a good time and also like i need all the help i can get to win the box office game so <laughs> i think you're gonna win i'm not gonna win i'm not gonna win spider-man that's it it's gonna be good it's gonna be it's gonna be a photo finish you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where you can find out what we're talking about next week, which it's spy movies in The Kingsman. So, you know, go see that. If you enjoyed the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Tweaks the algorithm, makes us more popular, really helps the show. And that's that's all I want for Christmas. You know, that and, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, you know, all that kind of crap. But, you know, really, I want a five-star <laughs> review. So, <laughs> so leave us a five-star review that says peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and all that crap, five stars. And we'd really appreciate it. I would like to thank Gwen. Once again, thank you, Gwen, for joining us. This has been great. Thank you for joining us in our in our silkness. I would like to thank Maximilian of Vaultmore Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>